G'day and welcome to Star Signal episode 81. I'm Jillian Execute. I'm Chris Whiskey. <laughs> You're a funny sounding Chris Whiskey. Yeah. No, Colby. You're Colby? Chris is gone. Yeah. Chris is no, moving in, right in now. In his own words, he's homeless. That's what yes. he told me. Yes. He's moving he's... to somewhere like Montana or something like that. I don't know. He's moving state. No, I've got it on good authority. You should never move to Montana unless you want to die. I've been told it's like the retirement state. I don't know if that's true. I, for me and Colby, is that true? I, I, Montana's just like big open plains and stuff. Like it's oh. kind of the middle of nowhere. Are, are you thinking of Florida? Florida's nope. where you go to die. Someone, someone told me it was Montana. Got no idea. Yeah. Montana's nice though. Yeah. It's just right. cold. Right. Like, Let's hope he's not moving to Montana then. because He's not. Terrible. He's moving like on the East Coast still. Alright, cool. No worries. Alright, so this week we're going to be talking about what we've been playing, we're going to go through a lot of the really cool stuff that came out this week on ATV, and a few other uh, tidbits along the way. Let's start out, Colby, what have you been doing besides your convention that's over? What have you been up to? I've been, I haven't played a whole lot of games, I've been playing Hearthstone a decent bit here and there. Um, that's primarily it as far as game goes, I'm doing a class right now for work that is taking up a lot of my time and it's quite difficult um so that is that is basically it but i have been enjoying hearthstone the new expansion comes out on thursday uh one night in karazhan it's the disco expansion (laughs) so it'll be fun you were telling me before the show real briefly about the uh ocular stuff you've been doing you want to talk about that a little bit yeah well um at work we have a handful of oculuses and a vibe and everything um and so we like to check out new games and play them there when we have a little bit of time. So it's been pretty fun. Um, we found that people who are not familiar with video games, strapping a Oculus on their head and throwing them into any kind of serious horror game is about the funniest thing in the world. Um, it's, it's very easy to make somebody quite scared playing a horror game. And all you have to do is, you know, reach out and like poke them on the shoulder when the monster's getting real close and, you got yourself a recipe for excitement there. Yeah. Have you seen any of the videos of older people playing it and they're like on the roller coaster sim one and they like almost fall over and stuff because they lean into the oh, corners no. and shit? I haven't seen. Uh, oh, I've seen. I think I've seen the one where so they were in a driving game and you're running into stuff and like moving around. But it's actually pretty. <laughs> like, you make it's kind of like we always used to make fun of people who would like drive, like steer their controllers and lean into games and stuff like that. Um, but it's actually kind of hard not to do on an Oculus or a Vive because it feels a lot more natural. Like, the actual body movement is part of the game. So, yeah. I can't really blame them for that. It gets uh, It's definitely can, different than using a controller. I can see it leading that way with things like the Vive 2 and the, the extra hand controls and stuff like that. Yep. So it's all, all part of it. I, I wouldn't be surprised down the, the line if... Just to give you an example, say we had a toboggan game, you know, and as you lean side to side, it actually controls the toboggan. I could see that well, happening. Some of the, see, the Vive has a better kind of spatial recognition thing. You basically, you set yourself like a 10 by 10 box with the Vive, Vive and it uh, pr- does a pretty good job of actually picking up where your body is. So if somebody, one of the demo games is basically, I don't know, there's like, robots that fly up in front of you and they shoot lasers at you and you have to dodge them and then you have a gun you have to shoot back at them and you you don't have a controller really i mean you've got the small hand controllers uh but you're actually moving physically moving you know in this 10 by 10 space to avoid getting shot by the lasers yeah 
I've, I've seen that one. That's really interesting. Uh, it's pretty fun. Oh, as for myself, I've been playing even more Evolve, as no one will probably be surprised by that. Um, been really loving that, and more and more people seem to be getting into it. I found a really cool workaround, though, uh, is I actually play on the United States servers. I don't know if it's because there's more stupid people, but it's just so much easier to win. So if you're playing from Australia, try connecting some of the other ser- uh, servers by changing your uh, download location. So si- stay away from Singapore. Those guys are really, really good. But uh, yeah, just a little tip there. The other game I checked out real briefly is a similar kind of gameplay mechanics to Evolve. It's a game called Dead by Daylight. Uh, it's been getting a lot of uh, attention on Twitch. It's in the top 10 at the moment. Uh, basically, it's four people trying to escape from like a killer's horror area. So the killer is trying to kill you and you're trying to escape in short. So you've got to kind of like turn on generators and unlock the doors and get out, that type of analogy. And as the killer comes closer to you, your heart rate picks up. And there's uh, at the moment, there's like three different killers and they've all got different abilities. Like one can cloak, one can lay traps, uh, one can chase you with a chainsaw and he picks up, picks up speed. And the same thing happens with the uh, survivors, that they have different abilities to try and help them escape. So yeah, that, that, that's kind of what I've been up to this week. Uh, other than that, yeah, not too much. Alright, uh, do you want to move on to some Star Citizen stuff, Colby? Sure. Um, so right now we're just going to go over kind of what we saw in the Around the Verse 3.2 where they went to the UK studios. Um, I, was, I was just going to say real quick while I'm thinking of it, we actually hit $118 million in funding this week as well, which is pretty exciting. Anyway, what do you want to talk about first, Colby? Let's talk about the landing system, because that's actually something that I've never really felt was right previously. It was almost it was almost right. There was just a few things that were off, and it looks like they've made significant improvements. Yeah, um, some quality of life changes, I think, is what you'd probably call them. Yeah, um, so they changed the UI a lot, um, so you'll have a better recognition of what places you are allowed to land, not automatically landing. Um just actually putting the landing gear down turns on the precision mode, the SCM mode. And that, that makes and, a lot of sense to me, I think, the way they've yeah. got, that's going to work now, because it was kind of confusing when you had three different modes to toggle through. Yeah, and, and especially you do it and then put your landing gear down and everything yeah. like that. And you'd, go, um, and you'd go into cruise mode for just a brief second and crash into a tree, or you know, not a tree yeah. in space, but you know what I mean. Like, you'd just jut forward and you'd crash into something. It was a bit awkward. So I think this is a lot more intuitive from what they've said there. And I think the uh, the other thing I liked was, uh, if you've seen the video, how it actually lights up the entire pads. So it, it's really clear now which pads are accessible and which ones are not. Not just only based on the size of your ship, but which pads were taken and which wasn't. And... It just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so I trust. I think this will be a lot better. Um, and it looks like they kind of hastened up the automatic landing mode as well, so it's a little bit faster and picks up a little bit better as well. Yeah, I agree. And that uh, should be going live in 2.5, which from what I've been hearing on ATV and also again on... Uh, the subreddit should be Monday, Tuesday, American time. Yeah, so, so not, probably when oh, you guys are hearing this. The the beta, as in, sorry, the, P, the PTR. PT, 
PTU testers all have access to that. I shouldn't say that it's going live. That's really bad. Sorry. I don't know how far away that's going to be. But yeah, the next level access is going to open. So at the moment, it's with Evo Cardi, and it should go up to the next step in the testing process, hopefully Monday, Tuesday. Sorry if I didn't make that clear. The cooler thing, it's landing while necessary is kind of boring. (sighs) It's better than crashing. (laughs) I'm not even sure that's true. Oh, yeah, probably Crashing's not. not boring. Next thing would be the FPS cover system, the first-person shooter cover mechanic. Um, and it looks like they have done an amazing job working on how it feels. It, it actually looks like it feels really good. Uh, it's yeah. kind of one of the weird things. Like, it's super easy to make that very clunky and non-intuitive. But it, it, it actually it, sounds really intuitive, like with the uh, Data Forge tool that they've used, just to allow to. It's got such a high level of tweakage and customization from a developer standpoint. I just think uh, alliteration of the weapons and the stances is just going to be sped up dramatically. Oh yeah, yeah. And they, so they've talked about you. You'll have a, a horizontal cover mode where you can go across like a column or something you're standing next to. You can. Go ahead and just blind fire wildly around the system without sticking any of your body out besides your like hand. Then you can peek it, basically sticking your just basically a small portion of your head, or you can actually do the aim down sights and go in and do a much more defined lean, almost a step out, to give you that full area of fire from that. Yeah, it actually is a step out, but anyway. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I found really interesting that I, I didn't put down here is uh, they actually mentioned that like if you take a traditional game like Counter-Strike, you have bounding boxes. So, for instance, you'll have a, like a box that represents your forearm, one your upper arm, one for yeah. your chest, one for your head type of thing. I actually mentioned that in the game, the bounding box is the physical model, which is insane. Like the, that, That's a really high level of detail, and I, that's quite impressive, really. Yeah, they FPS games in general over the past couple of years have gotten better with their hitboxes, the bounding yeah. boxes, stuff like that. Um, but you can if you you can actually still go look up the like CS:GO uh, hitbox map and see where everything is. And it, if you look at it just like that, you can tell it's just basically a bunch of ovals connected together. Yeah, exactly. So there's like there's a spot between the elbow where you can shoot, and it won't hurt them at all because it's not actually part of the connected ovals. Yep. I've actually seen some really weird tech in my time. I've seen it go from boxes to cylinders, from cylinders to ovals, and I think this is probably the highest level I've seen, though, where the actual model itself... Yeah, the like, full rotoscope models. Yeah, and and obviously, to put that in perspective, it's the same thing with the ships, like the ability to, you know, they were pretty much painting damage onto the ships. It, uh, it actually makes a lot more sense now that I've seen that and understand that it's not bounding boxes anymore, it's the legitimate models, which is quite impressive. And uh, that's going to go live in 2.6. Yeah, and you can actually, they have the, uh, there's a vertical uh, peak system as well. So if you can, you can go behind to cover like a crate and then peek out above it or over a rail as well. Yeah, that's going to be pretty cool being able to like lean over a rail and shoot someone underneath you. I don't think I've ever seen that in a game before. No, so, not uh, really. That wasn't just, that was, that was part, I don't think I've ever seen that. That was actually part of a cover mechanic versus just looking straight over it. Yeah, but really cool if you can do that and like kind of drop a grenade. <laughs> I think yeah, that, that would be cool. cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so the other thing that they talked a little bit on their TV was the Argo, which is a support craft and general workhorse for all the capital ships. And I, I think it was kind of interesting because this has changed a lot since we saw it last on the uh, Morrow tool. Uh, it's increased in size quite a bit and it's become, I don't know, it's not variants. They kind of mentioned that, that it's got a pod on the back of it. Yeah, you just, and it's swappable. Yeah, so so at the moment there'll just be three variants, but eventually they want to make it so these pods will kind of be interchangeable and it'll just change what role it does. Kind of like a, if you watch BattleBots, it's kind of like a Swiss, what do they call it? A Swiss army knife bot, yeah. whatever they call it. So it's going to be kind of like a, a, a ship that just changes its tool by changing its pod and its whole role changes. And the three versions of those that they've got is they've got a cargo variant that's got one seat so someone can sit in the back, a transport variant with eight different seats, obviously really handy if you want to transport people down to the planet or whatnot, something like that. And then a rescue and recovery variant, which has got basic medical equipment. So a little bit like the uh, the red version of the Cutlass or the Wambulance. So, yeah, which will be kind of interesting. I think I think a big ship like that could actually use its own ambulance slash medical support staff. Yeah, it actually and, looks more, ambul- more ambulance-like and more utilitarian than the Cutlass does. I, I'd agree with that, yeah. Um, I also... Like a, a couple of weeks ago, I was saying that it initially looked like one of those firefighting transport choppers, and it actually reminds me of a lot more of that now. Because if you take off that back pod, all of a sudden it really does look like a futuristic space version of one of those water choppers where they just have the front uh, cockpit. There's nothing behind, so they can pick up things and transport them. So yeah, yeah it, it reminds me of that a lot now. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully we get to try that at the PTU before it kind of goes live for everyone, and I might be able to tell you guys a little bit more about that after I've tried it out. And then, you know, the, the last real big thing uh, that was on ATV this week was the R&D into capital ship and damage tech. Now, what was your take on that, Colby? I think just the actual going around the inside of the Idris was amazing. Mm. I think... They've done a really good job kind of giving it a good damaged, abandoned feel. Um, which I think it's probably one of the harder things to do, but it's been... I liked it a lot. I was really impressed. It kind of looked like the aliens ship when they were going around, or any of the... Any I of think, those, like, sci-fi movies where they come across an abandoned ship, like... Uh, well, it was, they actually mentioned in the video that it was heavily inspired by really Scott stuff. So yeah, looking like aliens and that is definitely the look they're going for. And, um, I actually own a reclaimer, so I'm really kind of looking forward to this. Sa- you know, cut into it. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's going to be awesome. Just the, you ever seen the movie lost in space, the one that they released in the nineties. Um, no, I don't think so. Uh, there's, there's a there's a scene in that with Matt. Uh, I think it was his name, not uh, Matt LeBlanc or whatever his name is. The guy from Friends, and they go, they go into this. Ship you mean the guy from Top Gear? Uh, yeah, yeah, the new Top Gear guy. That's him. Yeah, so he, um, yeah, they go into this ship, and there's all these little bugs and stuff like that, and it's still one of the coolest like movie exploration science fiction ship scenes I've ever seen and it always makes me kind of think of um, that that's the type of thing I want to see when I go into a derelict ship you know or you know maybe there's heaps of dead floating bodies or you know you just don't know what you're going to find so you know so you take what we saw this week in that video and then you add something like that to it 
and it takes it to a whole nother level. And and speaking of a whole nother level, some of the stuff in that video, that like the tech that they have come up with, and uh, something you might not have known, Colby, is on Reverse the Verse, they actually they did an interview with a guy, and he actually said they made that tech in seven weeks. Wow. Seven weeks. And I was sitting there going... Well, actually, look, I'll get, I'll get back to that in a minute. I'm going to skip. Well, let's talk about this, and I'm going to talk about some other stuff after this that I don't have written down. But okay. uh, some of the things in it was like they went through the, the – the, they wanted to be able to reiterate and use existing assets of the Idris and just change some of the lights and the shaders and stuff like that and use full effects to, to create the scene. And in the video, you basically get to see the difference between the Idris – on a normal great day and then on its worst day and and little things like the sprinklers have gone off like the, the like things have fallen out of the wall stuff like that and it's it's really quite impressive um and i also like that some of the effects that they've used in this video are some of the it's really pushed the engine to show what it's really capable of yeah i mean you can just see like the water the really nice water droplets coming down the outside of the visor the helmet visor yep just, just small stuff like that really adds a lot. Mm. Even had water sprinklers and stuff like that going off. And um, one of the one of the things he talks about in the video was um, everyone seems to think that ships on fire is is how things are. But um, he actually did some really basic research and modern day carriers and stuff like that. They actually have heaps of really anti fire stuff like that. So you know, going a thousand years into the future, he was like. They would have all this stuff and it would put fires out instantly and stuff like that. So um, they've gone the other way and gone with water rather than fire, which I think is really kind of cool because it almost, I did get that feeling a little bit. It felt like a sunken ship. Do you know what I mean? Like it, you could almost yeah. see that under the waves and, and, and it would be kind of cool to have that scene. You wake up in a ship and, you know, you can imagine the story of Squadron 42 and, you kind of wake up and go, oh, there's something wrong with the ship. Oh, we probably have to get the ship going again so we can get going. And then all of a sudden you realize you're on an actual planet. That'd be a really cool storyline. I was trying to but... think. I was trying to think of the movie where they um, they have to like go into the sun to restart it. Sunspots, Ooh. maybe. Can't even remember that one. Um, uh, it's actually a pretty good movie. Um, all right, link it to me but, after, and I'll check it out. Yeah, it's called Sunspots, and they basically they come across the ship that was sent before them to do this exact same thing, and they failed. And it is very, has a good feeling to it. Um, a lot of very interesting stuff going on in there. That, um, that's that's really weird you mentioned that, because in Lost in Space, they find a video of the ship that came after them. Dun, dun, dun. Anyway, you should check that Are out. Are they the same movie? No, no, they're not. But you, you check out Lost in Space, and I'll check out Sunspots. We'll do. All right. Um, the other interesting thing they showed off was the sound spots, speaking of spots, uh, and the amount of sounds in that engine seemed to be insane. And one of the examples he gave, if we go back to the water sprinklers, is he had sound where the water was coming out of the sprinkler, and he actually had sound where the water was hitting the ground from the sprinkler. And they covered a small area, but there was one for every single one in the ship. And the 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 amount of them throughout the ship, he said there was hundreds in the entire ship. But then he went on to the next level to say, these can actually change 
as the ship takes damage. So he basically gave another example of like saying there's a panel on the wall and it'll start rattling and stuff like that to the point that it'll eventually start creaking and shaking and then maybe split and then fall off, which I thought was just, I, I've never seen that level of sound detail. And normally sound is not something, like I was sitting there watching the video going and this guy starts talking about sound and I was like, oh, great. Not another freaking sound video. And boy, was I kind of happy to be wrong, I guess, because it was, it was not what I expected to see that video at all. What about, what was your take on it, Colby? Basically, just how well they're going through and the level of polish. Um, sound design definitely brings games together. Um, it's one of those things you don't notice unless you're paying attention to it, if it's great. Um, but if it's bad, you notice it right away. Yeah, it will. It's it's like if they're coming to that level in seven weeks, that's pretty nuts. Yeah, it is. And yeah, and what I actually wanted to talk about when I was saying in seven weeks is if that's what they've done in seven weeks, can you imagine what they've done on Squadron Forty Two in the time they've had that we have yeah. not seen? So, yeah, that would, that's going to be crazy. Yeah, I, I think um, if I was going to ask a dev a question at the moment, would be. If you look at Star Citizen Squadron 2 as an iceberg, how much of it have we seen? Have we seen yeah. 10%? Have we seen 20%? Have we seen half of it? Because I honestly don't think we've seen hardly anything. Yeah, I feel like that's one of the better kept secrets. Yeah. I think they'd answer that question though if I asked. I think they'd they'd answer that. I don't think that's a spoiler question. I think that's just like hell yeah. I've got you know whatever percentage to look forward to. Yeah, Julian, where can people find us if they want to give us a dollar a week? Why do you sound like Chris? Anyway, uh, we go to, <laughs> <laughs> we go to Patreon.com. Chris Whiskey. I mean Colby. Um, slash Star Signal. Yes, that one. <laughs> That was so bad. I'm leaving it in, though. Anyway. Hit us up on there, or you can always hit us up on Twitter as well. I try to be very responsive when people talk to me on Twitter. Um, and that's just at Star Signal Show. Um, so if you have any questions or want to reach out and say hi, you can always find us there. Yep. Awesome. I think that's pretty much it for this week's show. Um, it's been a really short one. We didn't know Chris was going to be away, so me and Colby are actually filming this really late at night here in Australia. And uh, we will see you in a fortnight's time. And so will Colby's talk. <laughs> that right. was a sigh. He's like, are you guys done? Uh, yeah, he I wants to, to get play. out of here. It's too late. All right, so I, I'm Julian Execute. I'm Colby the Viking. And remember... You can't stop the signal? Excellent. <laughs>